today comes from Psalm 42. It's found on page 592 in most of the Pew Bibles, if you'd like to follow along there. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is the word of God. Thanks, uh, Harry, for reading that psalm for us this morning. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that your Holy Spirit will do a great work in our midst today, Lord, that you would minister to our hearts that we will find comfort, hope, and strength in you alone. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, friends, have you been really thirsty? Really, really thirsty? Perhaps you've been on that long walk on a hot summer's day, and you were just longing, just longing for that drop of water. Or some drink to quench your thirst. Maybe, maybe you've been overseas to parts of Asia and you come out of the building and it is so hot that you're longing for a drink. You see, we are blessed here in Australia that we have clean water to drink straight from our taps, don't we? We open the taps, we don't need to worry about it, we just take the water and off we go. When I was growing up in Sri Lanka, we used to always boil the water before we drank it. Did you do that? Anyone from other countries? Did you do that? Oh, I see a few hands going up. All right. We always boil the water before, before we drank it. In fact, when we went to Sri Lanka this year, uh, I did the same thing. Took the kettle on, boiled the water, filled the bottles, and there we went. Uh, we are so blessed, aren't we, to, uh, to have fresh water here. What a relief it is to be relieved of thirst. When you're really, really thirsty and you need that drink to refresh you, to survive. Well, friends, this morning, 
We want to look at Psalm 42, where the writer of this psalm cries out with a longing, a deep longing or thirst after God. A spiritual thirst, a hunger, a thirsting after God. And so for this morning, we're going to look at Psalm 42 verses 1 and 2. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Well, Psalm 42 begins uh, with a contemplation to the chief musician, choir master. The psalm is of the sons of Korah. If you know anything about Korah, well, Korah was killed on account of his actions against the Lord. You can read about this in uh, Numbers chapter 16. And the ground opened up and swallowed Korah. But his sons, they refused to go with the rebellion of their father. They were not consumed. Numbers chapter 26. They were of the tribe of Levi and these sons became the keepers of the Psalms. And it was very common at the time for many singers in the temple to be appointed as keepers of the Psalms. And so they became the singers. And they began to lead the people in singing. Well, last night we had a um, holiday club meeting yesterday at church. We had pizzas and we had a good discussion about everything that was go- at, took place in the holiday club. And then Harry and myself, you know, we started singing as the deer pants. You know that one? As, as the deer pants. You know that, right? And uh, we kind of thought, you know, we can lead this congregation this morning in that song, but it wasn't well received. But it's not the point. <laughs> it's certainly not from my point of view. I'm sure Harry can lead this congregation very well. But the point is, these, these guys, the sons of Korah, they, they were the, the, the leaders. They were singing. They led the congregations in, 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 in worship. And they had the chief place in the songs sung to Jehovah. And this little word muscle kind of defines, it, it, it defines as an instruction or a teaching. And here it is used in the sense to teach the people through singing. And as you sing, you also learn about God. As you sing, you learn the scriptures. As you sing, you're able to sing about the excellencies of God. Don't you sometimes sing in your homes as you listen to uh, some of the, the, the Christian uh, songs or hymns or whatever it might be? In your car, you're singing away. You're learning things, aren't you? I mean, people remember, they don't remember every sermon. I don't, I'm sure you don't. I don't think even you remember last week's sermon. The point is that we remember hymns. We remember songs. We remember the things that we have sung. And so, that's what we have here, through singing. And in this psalm, the psalmist here is kind of expressing the burden of his soul. He must and he longs to worship the living God. So, what is going on here in this psalm? Well, friends, originally Psalms 42, Psalm 42 and 43 belonged together. Psalm 43 has no title. 
Psalms 42 and 43 share a common refrain. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Psalm 42 verse 5, Psalm 43 verse 5, Psalm 42 verse 11. And this is why we have Psalm 42 and 43 as a collective reading. We didn't read Psalm 43 this morning, but you can look at that psalm as well. And as you read Psalm 42, it becomes evident that the writer of this psalm is going through a period of depression. Notice the psalm. I encourage you to keep your Bibles open or your your phones to uh, the, the Bible readings. Whatever you're doing, keep Psalm 42 in front of you, okay? It says, my tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day long, Where is your God? Verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. I shall again praise Him. And my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember you. Verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? This psalmist here this writer, and people think that it is David, he is downcast. His life is, at this point in time, one of tears. His tears has been his food day and night. You see, to be cast down comes from the, uh, the word which literally means to crouch. It means to bow down. And in this sense, it means to be low, to be down, to be down in the dumps. One writer puts it this way. This song recounts those days when we feel like curling up in the fetal position and quitting. The fetal position, you know, a position of, of comfort. Where you just curl yourself and you feel like quitting. You see, the psalmist here weeps. And it seems as if he is carrying the whole world on his shoulders. He has lost perspective to life and living. He is in a bad place. He is depressed. You see, depression is a major issue in our society. Is it not? Mental health, mental stress, depression. It leaves people in a terrible place. And it causes people to do things that they would not normally do. We heard only the past few weeks ago, Robin Williams. <laughs> the guy you entertained everyone. You watch these movies and did you laugh? He had some great messages as well, isn't it? And a guy who was an entertainer, but he suffered from severe depression. None of us knew that. He made everyone else laugh. But himself, he could not. You see what I'm saying? Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was a, a medical doctor and then pastor of the Westminster Chapel, wrote an excellent book titled, Spiritual Depression, Its Causes and Cure. It was actually a book that was given to Rose in 1990 in Sri Lanka. And I had the writing uh, on the front page. And it was given to her, she read it. But I grabbed the book after that and I read it and I keep on referring to this book. Spiritual Depression, Its Causes and Cure. It's, a, it's an excellent read, actually it is. And it has been a book uh, that I referred, as I said, on many occasions. And Dr. Jones, speaking on Psalm 42, 
speaks of the psalmist this way. He says, read the words and you can see the man looking down and dejected. You can almost see his face. You can almost see his face. Dr. Montgomery Boyce, in his commentary on the psalm, says this. We, all, we are all depressed at times. We get down in the dumps. We sing, we sing the blues. We feel God has forgotten us and that we will never be able to get on track with God again. It is a condition the, whole, the old mystics accurately labeled the dark night of the soul. The dark night of the soul. When it is so dark and everything has collapsed and depression has taken over and you can't get out of it because it is weighing you down and everything seems so bleak. Sounds a very depressive psalm, isn't it? (laughs) Can you kind of identify with the psalmist? Have you ever put yourself have you ever been in a situation kind of when you fell down? <laughs> Do you see yourself in the psalmist here? Good question, right? It's a good question. So I went for a walk this morning, early morning. Off I went. I was reflecting on this psalm. And in my prayer time I was saying, Lord, there are moments that I've been here. <laughs> times, times when it has been Hard and tough and rough. But God is our strength. You see what I'm saying? That's where the psalmist is coming out and we'll see that later. We all go through those rough patches. Um, R.C. Sproul says this, the presence of faith. Because some people say, well, if you have faith, then you'll never be depressed. You should never suffer mental health issues. Something is wrong with you. You've been disobedient against God and so that's why you're having this problem. That, that might be a cause, but certainly that cannot be said clearly. See, the presence of faith, Sproul says, gives no guarantee of the absence of spiritual depression. However, the dark night of the soul always gives way to the brightness of the noonday light of the presence of God. <laughs> It gives way to the brightness of the noonday light. You see, this is so true, friends, as we will see in a moment, that the psalmist does not leave us in despair. And the question for us this morning is this. Why is the psalmist so depressed? Why is he so discouraged? What is it that caused him such despair? Why was he so downcast? Was it because of family issues? Was it because of personal reasons? What was it? Now, there may be a combination of factors. If, as we say, David wrote this psalm, then it could have been that he was in exile, uh, fleeing from his son Absalom. Or it could be because of King Saul, who was after David's life. Now, we see some kind of a turmoil going on in the life of this man. Look at your Bibles. In verse 7, Deep calls to deep at the row of your waterfalls, All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. In verse 9, I say to God my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. As with a deadly wound in my bones, verse 10, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? 
Where is your God? Why, why, why? You see, when one is down and in a bad place, we may ask the question, why God? Why God? Why have you forgotten me? What is going on in my life? I can't understand what is going on in my own life. Why? Have you forgotten me, God? You see, notice that his enemies are taunting him. Where, where, where is your God? Where is your God? The psalmist is saying, why, why, why? They say, where, where, where? See, has God forgotten me in the moment of despair? Does he? Does God forget us? Is he a forgetful God? Does he suffer some kind of amnesia? (laughs) He doesn't. We'll see that in a moment, you see. But why is he primarily downcast, friends? There is one thing that stands out in the psalm that gives us the real reason as to why he is downcast, depressed and dejected. Look at, uh, in in your Bible, Psalm 42, verse 2b. When shall I come and appear before God? When can I come and see the face of God or meet with God? Verse 4, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in, in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. You see, he has been driven out of Jerusalem. He was cut out of worship. He was not able to go and enjoy corporate worship with God's people. You see, Jerusalem was the city of God, with the temple in place, where the people of God in the Old Testament met to worship God. And the psalmist remembers the time he went with the throng, leading them in the procession to the house of God. He remembers that. They were the good, you know what it is. Sometimes we say that, isn't it? The good old, good old days. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, today is also a good day. Right. Every day is a good day that God gives to us. We, we don't live in the past. Those were the good old days. Yes, it might be. But today God has given us a new day as well. See, he was cut out of worship. And the psalmist remembers the time that he was there. And the psalmist, he wanted to be connected with his creator and to worship his God with the people of God in the city of God. And he has not been able to do this. And he was living in isolation from Jerusalem. And he could not experience God's presence in the temple. And this caused him to be depressed and to be dejected. Psalm 43, 3 and 4. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you. Oh my God. See, he longed for the presence of God. As a deer pants for flowing streams of water, so pants my soul for you, O God. See, a deer is one that is hunted. All right? Usually, it's out there in the field, open to be chased and hunted down. The deer is literally dying of thirst as it runs. It's tired and it's weary and it needs water and it pants for streams of water. It needs living water that will give it life sustenance. 
You see, David in writing this psalm is speaking of a spiritual experience here and he refers to the deer and he says, I am that deer. I am that deer. Tired, weary, weak, hunted down, questioned, left alone, in isolation. I am that deer now. And I'm panting and I'm wanting and I'm thirsting after God. A spiritual water is spiritually dry. Did you notice one important word uh, before God in chapter in, in 42, uh, 2a? Look at the Bibles with me, please. My soul thirsts for God. Does it stop there? Oh, we can take the slide off, by the way. Yes, that's fine. My, my soul thirsts for God. What is the word before God in 2B, in 2A? Aha. Did somebody say living? Okay. <laughs> did you pick that up? I'm sure you did, right? I'm sure you did. I have no doubt about that. <laughs> it's living. You see, the word living in the original means simply means to be alive. You see, I think it is so easy to skip this word living. But it is such an important word because the God that the Bible speaks of is the, come on, the, say, the living God. Alright? Our God is the living God. The God who enters into a relationship with his people, a dead God cannot do that. Our God is living. Right from the very beginning. In the beginning, God created. I mean, we are doing that in our evening series, right? John touched on that last week on, on, on the creation story. In the, in the beginning, God created. He existed. He existed. He exists. That's it. Nobody needed to create God. He is the living one. He is the living God and makes an enormous difference. And the psalmist says that his soul thirsts for this living God. He is longing for this living God. He pants after this God like a deer, the most high God. And the psalmist is longing to be in the temple, in the sanctuary of God. Because you know why? When he goes to the temple, he sees the atonement for sin at the altar in the temple. He is able to sing with the people of God. He is recalling God's blessings to him and the covenant people of God. He longs for this relationship with God to be strengthened. He needs God. You see, that's how it is with us as well, isn't it? Everything else pales away in comparison to knowing and worshipping this God. Nothing else will do, friends. Nothing else will ever satisfy you or myself. Nothing will. Alright? You might be thirsting after so many things in your life. But it will never, never ultimately give us that permanent satisfaction. <laughs> it will always remain an aching void. See, the psalmist says, he longs to meet with God. Yes, he could have prayed to God at any time because he had tasted and seen that the Lord was good. It is not that he does not believe that God is everywhere. He knows that God is with him. 
but he remembers those times that he would pour out with God's people. Remembers the times he went with the temp- to the temple. In Psalm 27, we read this. It says, One thing I, have I asked of the Lord, that, I, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Why? Why is it to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord? You see, every, when, you, when you look at the beauty of the Lord, what comes up in your mind when you think about the beauty of the Lord? <laughs> I mean, we admire beauty, don't we? Well, look at the beautiful flowers here, for example. Right? A great job done by our, our team leaders and our music, Hannah. There's a tremendous work here, I know that. I'm not going to put an embarrasser in any shape or form, but I think I've done it already. So, uh, <laughs> But, you know, people do these kind of things. We admire beauty. But to admire the beauty of the Lord. <laughs> you think about Him. Think about what this God is. He is beautiful. Amazing. Powerful. Living. Awesome. Engaging. All powerful God. Behold the beauty of this God. You see, contemplate. Think. Reflect. Oh God, how beautiful are you in all your splendor, in all your majesty. Better than anything else that has been created. Better than anything that I could ever have or behold with my eyes. That's what the psalmist is missing here. It's all about his relationship with God. It's all about longing to build that relationship with God. And he does not lose hope even when he is downcast and his soul is in turmoil to cry aloud. To be, you see that word turmoil means, the, the, the original word here means to cry aloud. It means to be troubled. It means to be turbulent. Let me ask you a question. Have you experienced turbulence when you were flying a aircraft? We've experienced a few things. We're coming in Australia, and the captain's saying, "Oh, we've uh, hit turb- a turbulent wind here, and the, and the aircraft is shaking." He's thinking, "Man, it's rattling." Whoo! You think, "Boy, oh boy, am I going to be safe? Is there going to be a safe landing? This thing is rattling away." And it says, "Well, you're with turbulence. Put your seat belts on. You're in for a ride." It doesn't say that. <laughs> it doesn't say that. <laughs> Sometimes life is like that, isn't it? Life is like that. We might have turbulent moments in our lives. Times when we are cruising on a great altitude and you hit turbulence and everything is shaking. <laughs> everything is shaking. And you think, man, oh, what do I do? Where do I go to? What do I do? Who do I look to? The psalmist here says, you see, look at verses 5 and 8. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil, in turbulence within me? Hope in God, and I shall praise Him, my salvation and my God. Verse 8. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil, in turbulence within me? Hope in God. A repetition there. You see, why? Why? And then he answers in his own question. Hope in God. And I shall again praise him. My salvation. And my God. You see that? It's a personal relationship. My salvation. 
my God. He knows this God personally. I ask you this morning, how well do you know this God? I mean, when I say you, I put it myself included, okay? How well do we know this God? And he holds on to this God of all hope in the midst of all the turbulence that was going on in his life. This is the God that he is panting after. This is the God that he thirsts for, the living God. You see, this is the God that he says, I want to uh, be refreshed in. See, the Bible tells us, friends, by nature, we don't, we don't thirst after God. We don't thirst after God. The Bible tells us by nature, we are enemies of God. And, uh, and it is by grace, by the work of the Holy Spirit, that we have that thirst for the living God. Well, you know, there's uh, little, little Noah is crying out there. He must be thirsty for milk. It's already an illustration here, isn't it? He's not going to sit there with, with Dan. He wants his milk. He wants to be quenched of his thirst. See, friends, this is what it is. A continuing yearning for God is an awakening of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jonathan Edwards, one of the great reformed theologians, said, when, when, when God does a revival and a renewal, there will be a renewed thirst. There will be a renewed zeal. There will be a renewed uh, perspective in your life to thirst after God. You, you can't create it. I can't create it in myself. You can't create it within yourself. It is the Spirit of God who can give you that thirst. And so today, we don't have altars. We don't have a temple to meet with God. We don't march into a temple or anywhere else. God has come to us in His Son, Jesus. And Jesus picks up on the, on the theme of thirst. And we won't unpack everything of this. Pete read that passage for us this morning. On the last day, John chapter 7, 37 to 39, on the last day of the feast, this was the last day of the feast. Everyone has gathered there, in, in, in that place, in the temple. And, and the great, this was the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living Water, it will be flowing out of you because you have been filled and been thirsting and you've been quenched and it's been poured out and you're being refreshed every time as you keep on coming to Jesus and he spiritually refreshes you and gives you a zeal and a fervor and a love for this God. So you want to know God? Then come to Jesus. Only he can quench that thirst and keep on coming to Christ. You see, today we gather in Christ. We sing with God's people. Those of us who are doing the, the study, uh, loving our church, I see, man, you're confusing me all the time because people see it all, everywhere, different places. I go home and I have a mental note of who is in church and who is, it, who is not in church. You're all over the place. The study, you see, loving your church. We gather with God's people, mutually encouraged and strengthened in the faith. And this is one of the greatest joys to meet with other Christians in worship and praise and glorifying God with His people. We sit under God's word when we gather together. He nourishes us and strengthens us. So this morning, how is your relationship with God today? Do you keep a longing for Him? Are you longing for Him, the living God in your life? Are you this morning? 
Are you thirsting for the living God in your life? When is the last time you said to him, God, you are everything to me. You are everything to me. The things that I put before you will fade away. But you are everything to me. I want to know you better. Creating me a thirst to know you. To know the beauty of you, O God. Ask God this morning to deepen our love for him. See, let us not neglect the means that God has provided to strengthen our faith and to, and to have this thirst for God, such as our personal Bible reading, our prayer time, our meeting with God's people on the Lord's Day, and other opportunities. You see, maybe as a Christian this morning, you have kind of moved away from God. Or perhaps your life is in turmoil. If you are that person, then come back to Him today. Put your hope in the living God today. Because He will never let you down. He will never let go. Pray that the Holy Spirit will give you a renewed desire to thirst for the living God. That's my prayer for this congregation. For us as God's people. You see, you know why? I've been reflecting upon this thing. So the more we thirst by God's Spirit, and the more we are beholding the beauty of our God, we're loving this God, it will flow into our relationships, will it not? We will naturally love the church. Even though it might be hard and we've got to work at it, yes. We will naturally help us have better marriages. It will naturally help us to be better godly parents to our kids. It will naturally help us to serve Christ. You won't be saying, you won't be saying to me, well, I have no time to serve, or I have no time to do this, that, or the other. You'll be saying, what can we do? What can I do for my God in response to all that he is to me? You see what I'm saying? That longing, that thirsting, that coming after God, and as you come unto him, the blessings that will flow out of that relationship may not be material blessings, may not be even physical blessings, but the blessings that will pour out of that is amazing because you have been refreshed by this awesome God. This amazing God. But perhaps you're not a Christian here this morning. And you have heard this message today. And you're away. And you're keeping God at a distance. You're saying, God, I have no time for you. Maybe you heard this message today and you feel strongly in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit, this longing for God. Then you can know this God this morning and have a relationship with Him. If God has spoken to you this morning, then commit your life to Christ. Come and see me or come and see John. Or there will be people up the front here this morning after the service who would love to talk with you and talk the gospel through with you. There will be people up the front. Perhaps you need prayer. Things, your life is turbulent at the moment. There will be those up the front here who would love to pray with you. So friends, do you have this longing, this thirst for the living God in your life? 
That's a question that I want to leave with you and with myself. To ponder, to think, to pray, and to keep moving on in our faith. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we pray this morning, Lord, that you would give us a deep thirst, just like the the deer pants for streams of living water. Lord, creating us through the work of your Spirit, a deep desire, a thirst for you, the living God in our lives. Help us to keep on coming to you, Lord. To keep on coming to you in faith in Jesus Christ and to be refreshed by the living waters that Christ has promised to us. Help us to behold the beauty of our God. And Father, we thank you for life, for every blessing that you've given to us. And help us to live our lives, the rest of our earthly lives here on this earth. For your glory, for your praise thirsting after you, the true and living God. In Jesus' name, Amen.